to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to The Looming Food Crisis. This will be biblical. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and today is March 28th, Monday in the year 2022. Tonight we're going to dig into what is the most pressing crisis probably in our own lifetimes, and that is the looming food crisis that is building around the world. Unfortunately, with all the other things going on, no one's paying much attention to this beast that's growing and this tsunami that's now on our shores. We're going to go through a lot of things tonight and through the rest of this week, putting high emphasis on the importance of food, food sustainability, and preparations for this period ahead. This is not anything to take lightly. In fact, I would argue that to a certain degree, this makes the COVID injection crisis look small. This is going to affect every continent and every person in the world. And it's not going to be pretty. So before we begin tonight, the one thing to keep in mind in all of this is your stresses are going to get higher and you need to get good sleep. There's no other way to put it than that. Sleep is absolutely essential. So it is important to get the products that you need to have good sleep. And one of those companies that provides that is MyPillow with Mike Lindell as the CEO. MyPillow.com has some of the best products out there for sleep. Pillows, sheets, all those things that you need to ensure that your experience of sleep is maximized. Mattresses, mattress toppers, even sleepwear and slippers. MyPillow.com is also a company that when you pay when you're buying something for them, you are literally voting for the type of companies we want in America and the type of companies we need moving forward. We need more CEOs like Mike Lindell, who's unabashed about his faith and his relentless fight for liberty. We need more companies that are producing quality products at a great value. And you get all of that with MyPillow. MyPillow.com forward slash Bards is the Bards Nation's landing page. We're greatly honored to have that, especially just for Bards Nation. And there you're going to find all the featured specials. Those include 60% off of Giza sheets. Those are Giza cotton sheets. They're amazing. And they do make a substantial difference in the quality of your sleep. The MyPillow Classic, down to as low as $19.98. There's also a Giza cotton sheet or cotton pillow they've just brought out, along with slippers, sleepwear, all for 50% off. Great deals on mattresses, mattress toppers. All of those savings are yours using the BARDS code B-A-R-D-S. B-A-R-D-S is your BARDS promo code. And when you use that right now, you'll get a copy of Mike Lindell's book as well and his story of how he went from addict to one of America's greatest CEOs. Head on over to MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com forward slash Bards is the Bards Nation's landing page. You can also use your promo code Bards, B-A-R-D-S, anywhere on the MyPillow site, anywhere on the MySpeech site, or MyStore site, and anywhere on the FrankSpeech site. So again, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. MyPillow.com forward slash Bards, promo code Bards, B-A-R-D-S, 
And if you want to talk to a patriot, a real person, then you dial 800-975-2939, 800-975-2939, and that's going to link you up with a patriot pillow counselor, and they're going to hook you up. All those links are below the podcast. All right, patriots, we are in a real crisis right now across the globe. And since last night, we've been consumed with, once again, dumbness. I don't know how else to say it. Whatever Will Smith did, it was a complete stunt, by the way, at the awards last night. He didn't actually, if you look closely at the footage, nothing actually happened. He just It was just a stunt act. And all that was done was to jack the ratings up on the award ceremonies because they've been plummeting. And they've done a great job. And even if in, in all the joking and stuff going around today, the obsession over Will Smith and that garbage that he did, all that did was focus more attention onto their junk and more time away from what the pressing and looming crises are. You are going to see more and more of this as we get closer to ground zero. They don't want you to see what's coming. And what's coming is ugly. And that up to this point, we've had kind of three major topics that have been circulating around. We have the issues with mRNA and all of that, which is real. We have the election issues and all these crooked candidates, which is real. And we have the issue of President Trump, which is, and he trying to deal with the election fraud, which is kind of tied to the election issue, obviously. That piece, all those are real. And then you have Ukraine, which is the latest one. Before Ukraine, it was Canada. But they didn't want you to look at Canada, so they gave you Ukraine. And all of this has destabilized things radically. Ukraine is a mass destabilizer. In fact, today, which is very telling, Larry Fink, who is the obviously the CEO of BlackRock, let it be known that the world is shifting. And as he said, I believe we are going to see an acceleration of nearshoring and onshoring, so that still means globalization, but a different framework. This is important to comprehend. I do believe it's going to have a demonstrable impact on the emerging world as we move more manufacturing closer to demand. And so I do believe all of this is going to change the world order in a very large way. On one hand, people are celebrating this going, oh, it's the death of the new world order. Let me put this in simple terms. What Larry Fink is describing is a complete upheaval of the current system of supply chain logistics. And what that means ultimately is everything that we're, we're used to getting and having is going to shift. That means shortages on just a normal situation are going to be there. But we're not in normal. We're anything but normal right now. We're in a situation right now where all of this upheaval has left a massive gap for humanity. We have more people than when we had before COVID started, in spite of the deaths. And we have less food than we've had in years on a global scale. Production on every single continent it is down on the average of 40 to 50% on food production. We have massive increases in the cost of fertilizer, and we have increases in the cost of everything related to food. And all you're being done, given right now is to entertain you with either more fear porn or more goofiness out here and worried about an election. I've been saying this for over two years, the importance of getting your gardens going. And I'm not kidding. And I wasn't kidding then. I wasn't understating then. 
We are entering into a crisis period that if people are not preparing and having food that they can grow to sustain, it's going to be ugly. We're going to get into all of that in the topically level tonight, and we're going to dig into each many parts of it across this week. I want to begin tonight with just a perspective of food as a weapon. Biden shut down the pipeline. That caused the gas prices to go skyrocket. Okay? That is the truth. It's not Russia raising the prices. They need a scapegoat, so they're going to use Russia and blame it on Russia. I told you, that's what the Democratic Party does. They always point the finger and then accuse people of what they're guilty of. They are going to use food as a weapon against the American people. Where did all the ships go in the ocean? Did they offload them? Where did all the goods go? Because they're not making it to the stores. So... They're going to use food as a weapon. How do you disarm a country? You shut the power off on them. Okay? But after you shut the power off on everybody, and everybody starts to starve, you say, come turn in all your guns. We have food. Come turn in all your guns and all your ammo, and come to this facility, and you can have food. FEMA camp. 90% of you will go willingly. Because you won't let your children starve. That's just a fact. They know this from history. The owner of Walmart ran FEMA camps in World War II. The owner of IBM created the system to track the Jews for Hitler. They will use food as a weapon, people. Yes, they will. And they are starting to now. Anybody that doubts that only needs to go to hand puppet Biden to start to realize that he actually let the inside voice speak out loud the other day when he told everybody that there were there were food shortages and that they were coordinating on how to make them more extensive. He may be a bumbling idiot, but at least we get the virtue of knowing that he bumbles the truth enough times to really know what their plans are. Now, the thing about this is we're at a, we're at a very critical phase. So if there is a measure of urgency in my voice, it's real. We're in planting season. And putting off growing your own food is not a good idea. I know that in many, this is now planting season where I am. I know some people are still in snow. And we're going to talk a lot about that as well through the week because don't be deterred because you have snow. There's all sorts of techniques using small hothouses and a variety of other things to warm up your soil and start getting plants going early. These techniques are well known and used in Alaska and a lot of the northern climates. Patriots, it's very critical that we start, that if you are not doing it, that you begin immediately planning out what you're going to need and what types of food you're going to be dealing with. Now, let's put this in perspective on the magnitude of what we're dealing with here. This is a bit of reality on the commodities issues. About 15% of the world's calories come from wheat. About a third of that wheat comes from Russia, Ukraine. Russia has banned export of wheat. The wheat spring planting season is like now, this week. And there's not a lot of planting going on. So not only is the current wheat supply in Russia, Ukraine blocked up and cannot make its way to countries in Africa and elsewhere, but the future planting season is now significantly at risk. And again, that's 15% of global calories. And I just to take a step back, the whole planet Earth operates on a 90-day food supply. Once we stop making food, humans run out of food in 90 days. And that's not just linearly across all nations. What happens is the most vulnerable nations lose their food supply first, and the richer nations buy that food supply to secure their population's calories. And so you very quickly see a bifurcation happen where suddenly famine is a real risk. And we already have 
about 800 million people on Earth that are subsisting on below 1,200 calories a day. So this very quickly tips the bucket in a significant way in a number of countries that's going to be really awful. And that's just on the wheat supply and wheat planting problem. All fertilizer is made up of nitrogen, phosphorus, or potassium. Those are the three major types of fertilizer that farmers around the world have to use every year in order to grow that crop. Nitrogen is made from natural gas. 98% of the world's ammonia is made from natural gas. Natural gas prices, as you guys know, have doubled, and the futures market looks like in some places, natural gas prices going up like 4x. As a result, the price of ammonia fertilizer, nitrogen-based fertilizer, has gone from $200 a ton to $1,000 a ton. So it's five times as expensive to buy basic ammonia fertilizer today than it was a few weeks ago or a few months ago. About 10% of the world's phosphate comes out of Russia. 25% of the world's potassium comes out of Russia, potash. Both of those markets are blocked up. They are sanctioned and they, they have banned exports. Russia has through the rest of 2022. And as a result, the price of potassium has gone from 200 to 700 and the price of phosphorus has gone from 250 to 700. So now it's so expensive to grow a crop that a lot of farmers around the world are pulling acres out of production. And they're actually going to grow less this year than they would have otherwise because it is so expensive and they cannot access fertilizer locally to plant crops. We need Russia to reopen fertilizer export markets now. We need natural gas prices to come down now and we need them to plant the spring wheat. Those are three things that need to happen to solve this problem. If those three things don't happen, we're going into spring right now. So around the world in the Northern Hemisphere, farmers are making plans, they're planting, they're deciding how much fertilizer to use. And so as this market starts to work itself out over the next few months, a lot of the commodity traders and the, uh, the ag departments, they publish these planting reports and they talk about how many acres of what were planted and then everyone forecasts how much the supply will be. And we're going to start to see these uglier numbers come out over the next few weeks and months. Meanwhile, we're seeing supplies dwindle. Supplies are dwindling. They're dwindling badly. We have an, a notice today, in fact, that um, I'm going to read part of this to you. The German egg industry speaks of red alert against the background of a massively restricted supply chains and dramatic cost increases, especially for animal feed, the Federal Egg Association, that's in Germany, is sending an urgent wake-up call to politicians and the food retail trade. From summer 2022 at the latest, the supply of eggs can no longer be guaranteed, writes the Central Association of German Poultry Industry. Sheer existential fear among farmers. The latest developments on the global agriculture market are bringing the German egg industry to its knees. There is something, sometimes sheer existential fear among our farmers. The prices for animal feed have more than doubled in a very short time. GMO-free soy is hard to come by. As a result, many keepers are no longer able to restall. No more restocking means Fewer laying hens are available to lay eggs. Schunick expects the security supply with German eggs can no longer be guaranteed by August at the latest. We would like to continue to provide people in Germany with a valuable food egg, but this now requires that we'll take, make decisions and change on part of politicians and retailers. Let's work more together for solutions on how we can produce fair prices in Germany and remain some business location. Yeah, whatever. You don't have the food. You can't feed the chickens. You can't feed the. You can't make the eggs. It's pretty simple. That comes from the Epic Times in Germany. How's that? 
German truckers at the same time are protesting rising fuel costs. Hamburg, Hamburg police report that 250 vehicles took over roads with banners demanding fair diesel prices. And that means that food isn't getting delivered. Just in case you didn't connect those dots, I mean, it's pretty obvious that there's a lot of pieces in the move. And yet, there's also other problems going on going on with the availability of diesel itself. We have the EU ministers are discussing the fear of a global food crisis. You have the ships carrying big sugar and cargo that are now headed towards Russia because Russia has run out of sugar on most of its store shelves. Meanwhile, in South Africa, eastern Cape farmers are getting slammed with a mass locust outbreak wiping out their crops. And at the same time, CP Rail, Canadian Rail, strike begins for workers locked out by their employer threatening supply chains. Nothing to see here, patriots. Just a normal day in the crazy world. In the Daily Mail, it's reported that cost of vegetables soars by 75 cents, 75% as inflation strikes Aussie wallets and the price of meat and chicken is more is about to increase even more. So, yeah, this is getting a little bit crazy. I think we can all agree. From the natu- from Natural News, winter wheat harvest collapse imminent amid ongoing severe drought as dust bowl conditions persist in our Midwest. That's another nice thing to relax by. You can throw your feet up over the fire and go, no problem. Stocks are out. The Austrian energy giant limits diesel spot sales until further notice because they're running out of diesel in Europe. In the meantime, 700 farms have been shut down in Maine because they had they were using PFAS contamination or PFAS to on their soils which is processed human poop is all it is and they used it and they've contaminated the soils. Oh, it's looking good, in case you were uh, wondering. And 570,000 chickens will be destroyed in Nebraska against this bird flu. And that number now nationwide is something closer to 1.2 million birds are being destroyed. Those are chickens. Oh, and then, now this, this is going to be, I'm I'm not exaggerating when I tell you this. This is going to be one of the worst ones. And hear me out, I'll tell you why. Mega emergency unfolds for world's top coffee growers as fertilizers crops, excuse me, fertilizer costs spike. Let me translate this to real time and a real experience. I've told you this story before. You take away coffee from people that are used to doing their coffee little drive-by in the morning to get their quad espresso or whatever they're getting. You want to watch a bunch of agitated, angry, pissed off people happen out of nowhere? Watch it happen. This happened in Portland. I told you the story. Portland had a water scare. This is, goes back to about 2013, 2014. All we had to do is boil the water for 15 minutes for a week. You would have thought that Portland got, they dropped like bioweapon H1N in the water or something. People hoarded water. They were freaking out. So I took a trip by Whole Foods. I wasn't thinking anything about it because I always had extra supplies with me. But on my way to my office, I decided to pick up a bottle of water. 
It looked like somebody took a grenade and threw it in the Whole Foods water aisle. It was destroyed. I mean, literally. And so I got up to the to the checkout and I asked the woman. I said, you know, she was a young lady there and she's she looked exhausted. I said, it's been a rough day. It was only at 11, like 8 in the morning. I was like 11 in the morning. And she goes, oh, she goes, it's not that. She goes, these people can't get their coffee. I'm really serious. When these when you take people that are used to having the convenience of, of their espresso in the morning, there's a ton of them. I've said all along, the worst place to be is going to be the cities. You take away their coffee, look out. And when you start to use add all this, Russia today shifted to a gold back ruble. There's now 5,000 5, rubles to one gram of gold. It is now the most solid currency in the world. As the petrodollar begins to quake under our feet, as Saudi Arabia continues its negotiations to accept yuan for oil, and Russia is now saying it will only sell its oil in terms of ruble, the whole world economic system is being shaken up right now, which means the dollar's buying power is going to continue to decline. Increased food costs, declining purchasing power, increased fuel costs. That's a double hit on your dollar. That's actually a triple hit. You're now in the phase, and we are all living in hyperinflation. They're just not telling you that. And it is going to absolutely accelerate because the more that people start hearing this, the more they're going to freak out. In Russia, there were actually fights in the aisles over sugar. It looks like something right out of communist Russia. And you're going to see more of this. In the meantime, we've got crazy kids on spring break ravaging Walmarts. And don't forget that since you're in the states of like California and other liberal pits around this nation, you can steal anything you want as long as you don't go over $100. So you can imagine what's going to be happening here in terms of supplies. There's going to be literally raids on food. This is coming. The entire fabric of the United States is unraveling thanks to every stupid liberal out there. And I'm going to say it again, every stupid liberal out there who also probably took a shot, you caused this damn problem and you own every bit of it. So we are in a case right now where we are going to have to start really being proactive and it's going to take a core group of people to, to launch that effect. Small gardens are going to be the answer. Big agriculture has other massive problems going on with it. Let's get into some of that so you understand the nature of the problem. All right, now, this I read part of this last night. I'm going to read this again. This is the second paragraph of an article called Farmers on the Brink by Doomberg. This is a substack, doomberg.substack.com. Great article. Highly recommend you check it out. It was posted on March 26th. Dwight D. It starts out with a quote from Dwight D. Eisenhower. Farming looks mighty easy when your plow is a pencil and you're a thousand miles from the cornfield. That is dead on. Second paragraph reads this. While the concept of a perfect storm is often too casually assigned in popular culture, it is difficult to find a more apt description of what has been unfolding in the global agriculture markets over these past several months. The tempest caused by the European energy disaster has merged with the hurricane of consequences flowing from Russia's invasion of Ukraine, forming the genesis of a generational crisis in food that will leave few unaffected. 
while we've been warning about just such a scenario for some time after spending the past two weeks traveling across the U.S. Midwest and conferring with our contacts in the agriculture sector, even we are a little spooked by what we've learned. In a financial crash, the correlation between all asset classes converges to one. The coming crash in global food supply will be driven by a similar phenomenon across virtually every input into farming. They are all spiking to historical highs simultaneously. Supply availability is diminishing across the spectrum, and the time to reverse the worst of the upcoming consequences is rapidly running short. Now, I'm going to put, I want you to keep in mind the sort of news cycle focus that everyone's been inundated with. You know, it's, it's great that you're, if you're getting on these social media platforms like expanding into Truth Social and you're pining your whole day along wondering when you're going to get approved for Truth Social, wonderful. I just want to know how you're going to, how Truth Social is going to feed you. When you're worried about whether what Kosh Patel has shared about Trump's lawsuit is going to make a difference in getting Trump back to office, wonderful. Tell me how it's going to feed you. When you're worried about Stacey Abrams and what she's up to and, and how she's going to take over Georgia or potentially running for governor and how corrupt she is, okay? Not saying it's not an important issue, but how is it going to feed you? And when you're talking about the mRNA vaccination and all this crazy stuff going on with that, if you didn't take it, just keep walking. Don't even look back. Don't even pay any more attention to it because it's over for us. They're trying to keep the inoculated, double, triple, quadruple inoculated. That's their walk. We cannot, that right now, that is not, cannot be a concern. We've got to keep our head focused on what's going to feed us. And when it comes to Ukraine, other than just trying to dispel the hysteria of the idiots that are out here trying to suck into this blue-yellow brainwashing, the fact of the matter is it won't feed us. And the, feed, the feeding people right now has to be the primary focus of almost everything we do. It is literally taking the metaphor of sowing seeds and making it real. And I don't say it lightly. Sowing seeds has to literally be one of our mottos going forward here if we are going to succeed through this because and there's too many people out here that are walking blind and unfortunately we're running out of time to wake them up, which means, here's our famous quote that we know so well if you've been on this channel, never have so much, never will so much be asked of so few by so many. And we are there now. That was done by the Irish, said by the Irish Prime Minister when he, after he met with Trump in the spring of 2019. So let's go through some of these topical issues that are just causing massive crises, okay? We are dealing with lots and lots of problems. So one of the issues we have here is weed control is an important element to farmers, and herbicides are an ir irreplaceable tool in the farming repertoire. Now remember, this is a discussion about corporate farming because corporate farming is what has been feeding the world. Corporate farming, unfortunately, has become dependent on GMO, genetically modified seed. And because of that, they have to have other requirements that go with this. The genetic crops require herbicides and spe special types. And each of the farms require a mixture of fertilizers. And without them, they, nothing grows. These soils that we have across the Midwest are effectively dead. 
And the worst part is that some of the reports are suggesting that at the current rate, using the same garbage that we keep putting in the ground, expecting more miracle results, that in 50 planting cycles, hear me out, in 50 planting cycles, there is a projection that the entire ability to even revive that earth will never occur. It will be dead soil, period, end of story. There is only one avenue towards reviving food in this nation, and it is the backyards and it is the small spaces that people have. In other words, kill your lawn and grow a garden. We are back at a time of World War I and World War II, which they called patri- victory gardens. We're calling it patriot gardens. We need to revive it and revive it fast. And if you live in an apartment, learn how to grow food indoors. I am not kidding on any of this. The time is now, and the time is urgent that we get into this. So we are looking at a shortage of herbicides, as well as a massive increase in cost of herbicides. There is also the issue of of the fertilizer, which we've talked about. Fertilizer is at an all-time high. There is also the issue of diesel fuel, which runs the farm equipment. Not only is diesel fuel skyrocketing, but its availability is on decline. All of this has been partially engineered by the WEF. You can thank the liberal left for this. This is what you get when you want Uncle Sam and everybody else to give you all your world for free. We also have the need for propane. Propane's a heavy use item, and propane is on propane storage is on the decline. All of these factors are coming into play to create a, a perfect storm of destruction in our farming industry. And keep in mind that many of these farmers that are growing seed, even if they chose, let's say they choose to grow seed, but they want to go to a more natural way, they can't. Many of the farms that are on the GMO contracts are not allowed to grow anything other than the GMO seed that they buy from the big companies like Monsanto. That sort of corporate blackmail has occurred and it will continue to occur as they are trying to control the food supply in every way they can. Not only that, like I said, many of the GMOs, once they place, once they're placed in the soil, it modifies the soil to such a degree that nothing else will grow there. We are truly in a dangerous time. And the dependency that we have built on the corporate food structure is exactly where they get everybody because people have lost the means and the interest or the understanding even of gardening. Here's an interesting little stat for you. In 1942, 45% of Americans had gardens. In 2020, that is something like 0.01% of people have gardens. In 1942, American Small Gardens, the, the Victory Garden Program, produced more food than the national agribusiness. And so it wasn't by any accident that after World War II, there was a full-fledged campaign to convince people to give up gardening and to start moving into suburbs and start enjoying their life with convenience, buying all your processed food and leaving behind the age-old knowledge of keeping a garden for a rainy day, so to speak. We are now at a point when people are having to revive that knowledge and fortunately enough have retained it and continue to learn it but much of what we're going to be dependent upon is what we're going to be able to grow for ourselves and grow in our communities. When we start talking about sowing seeds, 
There is no greater effort right now than literally sowing seeds and doing that as we walk in our faith. But this is a very important time. And the important thing, if you don't know a lot about gardening, I'm going to tell you to hurry up and learn. But I'm also going to tell you that if you don't know a lot about gardening, the first place you begin is whatever you do, do not buy commercially treated seeds. You have to seek out heirlooms and organically grown as much as possible. These are essential because that's how you're going to get, we're going to be able to maintain and continue that seed legacy, that seed diversity that we need, which is outside the reach of big corporate. All of this is being pushed at the same time you're hearing the rhetoric coming out of our favorite hand puppet and evil tyrant, Bill Gates, hand puppet of Satan himself, who's now telling the Western world that the solution to the food problem is to eat lower-calorie, sustainable diets and not eat red meat. We all know that's garbage. In fact, his latest is that if you don't, you need to eat artificial meat and you'll get used to the taste. <laughs> not happening. Not in this household. So this is another thing. And you have to start looking back to look forward. You've heard me say that over and over. Go back to go forward. We have to go back into the 1930s. Go back into the 1920s. How did people live? It was common that people had a garden and had some chickens. They had a garden, some chickens, and maybe a small pig. A garden, some chickens, maybe a small cow. Yes, this is urban setting type of environments we're talking about. And it was how they lived, and it's how we have to get back to. We're not going to be able to organize in mass groups at this point in time to build these new hybrid people's farms, if you will. But what is going to be able to happen is for people to resurrect their cosmetic landscaping, gut it, throw it out, and start over and start creating your beds and growing your food. Water is another big issue, and you need to learn as quickly as possible, if you don't know how already, how to conserve water. Some of these methods have been well-engineered and well-designed. You've heard me mention many times here, John Jevons, John, J-E-A-V-O-N-S, John Jevons, who wrote the book How to Grow More Vegetables and many other books. He works with Ecology Action. They have been pioneering high-intensity gardening with lower water needs and have been teaching that around the world, which interestingly, I think more people in Africa have listened to him than they have here in the United States. No surprise. All of these methods are available out there for you. And it's essential that we continue to share the knowledge as much as we can. Everywhere you can, get books, not digital books. If, you're, if money's an issue and you can find PDFs, Get the PDFs and save them on a separate stick and keep that stick in a Faraday bag. If you can, print those PDFs off so that you have actual books, however you do it. But the point is that we need to be, as much as possible, preserving the knowledge and building knowledge libraries for each of ourselves so we can share them with our neighbors. I would love, at the end of this, that I was completely wrong about this. I absolutely would love it. I would like to say, yep, I was wrong. Oh, that was good. Here's the thing. If we are wrong about the food shortage, what, do we, what have we lost? The answer is nothing. All we've gained is independence from the corporate system. And at the very worst case, we have stored up food that we can now share with others to help others in need. 
at the fund, foundation of all of this, the, gardens, the garden that you're growing is going to provide the fe- fresh vegetables that you need. And any sort of small livestock that you can keep will bridge the difference between the shortcomings of eggs and protein that you'll need. But it's important as well to be looking at basic stocks in your home to sustain for the period in which there may be shortfalls in your garden or which you haven't got your garden going yet. That's why I've said a minimum of six months, preferably a year of basic stocks in your house to sustain you. One of the things that's very difficult to grow in small spaces for a, for a, a volume worth anything is grain. There are a variety of grains out there that we can grow, but in the small spaces that there's other things that tend to take predominance. So look at storing like winter wheat or getting oats or getting amaranth or couscous, not couscous, but uh, quinoa is another grain. These are a variety of grains that are high in protein that are good and that can be stored. So, and they can be stored for long periods of time. Learn about storing food, how to get them in mylar bags, how to use oxygen uh, absorbing to packets, seal those bags, put them into plastic containers so it's rat free and it can last, depending on different grains, can last anywhere from one to two years for brown rice. You can have 10 to 20 years for white rice. Learn to store the grains and get it set aside and do so immediately. This is not a time to tarry on any of this. And the more that we can prepare and the more that we each in our households are prepared, the more we are prepared to help others. The other thing to get your hands on, and I mentioned it earlier, it's very important, is seeds. Seeds are going to be a whole new economy, in my opinion. When you start to have shortages of food, people need seeds to grow things. What I would consider doing is creating small packets of seeds for small gardens if you can afford to and have them ready. I haven't done this yet, but it's something I've been contemplating of having them ready for neighbors so that you can actually have seed packets to help them get their garden started. That's how we build bridges. That's how we build community. That's how we build strength. The water issue is huge. It's very big. It's not something just someone just put up on the board. It's absolutely correct. Pet food, huge, huge deal. Unless you intend to eat your little fluffy or your little meow kitty, it's going to be time to get pet food on hand. So keep a stock of pet food out there. It's essential. There's a lot of things that are going to happen here in, in the shakeup. Okay. And if even if all things roll out the way that I think every one of us would hope that there's like some great moment where this evil cabal is like gutted. But here's what I've been kind of looking at, and I think it's important to consider. President Trump just launched his lawsuit against the whole cabal. And the whole, it, whole issue that Kash Patel was pointing out in an interview yesterday was that it's discovery. Well, let's be real about that timeline. If that is the motive, and if he's putting out the money to do that, we are looking at a discovery process that can take a year or two years in court. That starts to look very curiously like 2024 by the time we're through. In the meantime, the food crisis isn't changing. And these people are still in control. And unless we, and being that no one is talking about this, 
and no one is talking about this. That gets me very concerned. Other than hand puppet Biden that let it slip, you don't hear anybody telling or telling people to prepare. We need to be prepared. It's that simple. This is this is literally filling the silos, and each one of us is filling the silos and building a little ark, if you will, with the seeds that we are keeping. Another thing to keep in mind, again, I'm going to go over a lot of this throughout the entire week. So if you if this bores you, then I guess you're going to have a boring week on the show. But the point is I'm going to beat this home. We have got to get deep into this and get people really thinking the right way. All of the news out here is noise. And it doesn't put food on the table. So like I was going to say is if you don't know how, learn how to save seeds. We have, a, we have a neighbor that's from China, and she is like one of the best out here in knowledge of how to do small animals on the backyard and how to, how to save seeds. Those are resources to learn from. Don't be afraid to reach out to them and ask. So all of this is coming to a head, and I don't want to be on the receiving end of the hammer. Maybe you do. I don't know. I guess some people like that. Like some people like, oh, please hit me again. Not me. I'm not one of those. This is a time to really take it seriously. The world's food supply is collapsing. And here's the other thing to keep in mind. As we face these global situations, the media is going to be wonderful at trying to tell us how everyone around the world needs help while they turn their back on us. You're going to find all sorts of efforts by the elites to deplete our food supplies to ship them other places in the world. Why? Because we are the target of their war. They will have no problem starving out a good chunk of America, letting more elderly die, letting more people in the inner cities die, making sure that if every person in the inner cities, which unfortunately a large percentage of those are black America, they have no problem starving them out and letting them go into riots and kill themselves because that's who these devils are that run our nation. And until we start demanding that our politicians and our leadership start speaking to it, and when I say that, I mean forcing them into that conversation. And if they are not going to be accepted, well, you know what type of piece of junk they are. I'm already unimpressed with every single person in the public public space right now. You know my feeling on it when it came to injections because not one person in the public space has said to stop the injections. And now we are into food and not one person is talking about it. At the very least, as a nation, we need to be looking at the, as, at the world, if we're truly a leader, at what the world is facing as a world crisis, and it is huge, and we're doing nothing about it. In fact, our government that takes our taxes has been forcing our farmers to shut their fields down and put them into fallow. And if they didn't, they were going to tax them for the the government subsidies that they would have received. California last year drained one of the major reservoirs that was the critical water source for most of the central part of the state. That included years of development of agriculture trees from fruits to nuts even avocados, and they're saying that if they don't get the water this year, they will become a desert within about two years, and all of that growth will be lost 
the rebuild that is in the in the area of 10 years this is a this is a war and it is a war of the worst kind and it's a war designed to starve us out and break us but we shall not be broken because we will rise and we will overcome and we will do so with the might of God let's pray Father, in this time, as we face the challenges ahead, the challenges of the, the coming crisis of food, we're reminded very much biblically of the stories of filling the silos. Father, in this time as well, we're equally reminded of the importance of preserving seeds like a mini ark, like Noah. Lord, in this time, we just ask that people hear these words. Take this seriously. Take this moment in time to reflect deeply and to not waste any time, but to continue forward to preserve, prepare, and to set aside. We have so much to gain in this period of time, working together, coming together, building bridges together. And we know that there's going to take a crisis to wake up many. And whatever that storm is, we just pray that we can be there in the, in the right capacity with each one of us as prepared as possible to come to a point where we can help our neighbors, help build our communities, and help lead our communities to a new era where we are free from the monster of corporate tyranny and dependency and start to free ourselves back to a place of sovereignty with you on the throne. Guide us, Father, in all that we do. We say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So just a quick couple recaps, just to drive this home. The food crisis is real. It's not being talked about enough. Patriots are way too attracted to the squirrel that keeps running across the trail. This is the beast that sits behind this curtain, and it's coming hard. Europe is facing a calamity in very near term. As a nation, we probably have a bit more reserve, but we can't count on those sorts of things. With globalism, much of our supplies are being purchased and bought up by foreign entities like China. Each of us has a responsibility to be prepared and to build up the stocks to take care of our home and to keep in mind that your neighbors are going to probably need help. That can be accomplished, one, by everyone starting a garden or some form of, of growing food in your home. Two, making sure you have enough stocks of the dry things that you can keep to carry you for at least six months, preferably a year. That includes grains, dried fruits, dried vegetables if possible, and it includes other canned goods you may add to it, and it includes at least three months' worth of water if you can do that. Fuel. Keep at least an extra tank of fuel around if you can. That's a gas can, a jerry can, whatever you can, just so that you don't get caught short. Fuel, fuel shortages could become real. And the cost of fuel may likely increase. The dollar's buying power is diminishing. No matter how we get through this, it's going to be a rough road ahead. In the worst case, it's going to be it's going to take everything we have in innovation and preparation to get through it as a nation. In the best case, 
We're going to just need to endure it together, but still learn to come together because nothing is going to work smoothly in this transition. As a last point of this tonight, don't get distracted by this Nasera Jacera garbage. It's going around again. And it's happening all over the place. And people are keep getting swept up with this like, oh, we're going to have this new golden era. We're all going to get a bunch of money. No. Look, I, I'll say it like this. If that happens, great. It's a vacation. But the fact of the matter is that God doesn't need that money and God doesn't use that sort of resource to change his people. What God demands is that we put our faith and love in him. And sometimes that means it's a pretty rough walk to get there. And frankly, considering the state of our nation, I'd say we've got a pretty rough walk ahead. But we're going to get through this, and we'll get through this powerfully as we seat ourselves on the rock of faith, our love in Christ, and this continued walk we have, a fearless walk in the face of evil. We are, whether you chose to be or not, we are leaders in our communities. So time to buckle up. We've got a lot ahead. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Our prayers right now need a lot of prayers for that warrior fire, that fire within us that gets that fire of righteousness burning and people get determined to overcome any obstacle before us. Whatever you do, don't tell yourself you can't. Always tell yourself you can and you will. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will win. But our role here is huge, and I think we all begin to see it because we are here in this time in this place for such a time as this. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible too many think it is unreal, but that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered 
by those who move forward. And so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 